So we keep putting our relationship on the back burner. And as I say in one of my books that, you know, you put your relationship on a back burner too often, there's no relationship to come back to. This week, we start off the new year with five tips that will help you improve your marriage. These are the little things that you can do super easy to make this the best year ever for your marriage. One other thing, we have a sharp edit in the middle of this episode. It is not your player. It is, uh, we had a technical difficulty, so hopefully it's not too disruptive and just wanted to give you that heads up. Oh, and happy new year. We have a ridiculous limited time wine club special going on right now. Go ahead, open your browser while you're listening to this, visit hitchmag.com and click the wine club link to find out the details. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So Karen, for those tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, She is an author. She has her own radio show called Empowered Relationships on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, She has a program to help all those couples out there who want to turn a corner. It is called From Fight to Foreplay, and you can get more information on that at fromfighttoforeplay.com. But... We today are going to do something a little fun. Um, we, you know, Hitch constantly gives out all this information about a lot of its repair information, how you avoid fights or how do you overcome a fight that you may have had, things along those lines. One of the things that I like to focus on is preventive maintenance stuff. Um, what, like, the whole point of Hitched in general is helping people pay attention to their marriage so that they don't get into trouble. And we want Hitch to be a constant reminder that you married somebody who you enjoy being around, somebody that you find fun and that you look forward to hanging out with every single day, or at least most days, right? Um, So today we are going to talk about how can a couple make their marriage better? And what I want to do is I'm going to ask Karen uh, ballpark around five for her to give us about five things, five ideas that a couple can do that will make their marriage better. And uh, so, yeah, we'll just start there, Karen. So let hit us with the first one. What is something that a couple can do that will make their marriage better and kind of give us a little bit of a explanation as to why that is. Okay. My number one is to prioritize your relationship, to make time for your relationship. And, you know, you said you got together with this person because you liked them and you wanted to spend time with them. And then what happens is life. Uh-huh. You know, we, we get accustomed to each other. We make a commitment to each other. We sort of start to take each other for granted. And we don't see it happening. You know, it's, I, I often say it's like, You look down at your nails, you don't see them growing, and then one day you say, oh, my nails need cutting. Well, it's funny because I was just speaking about this with a client the other day. You don't realize day by day that you're letting things sort of slip away, and then several months later, several years later, you look and you say, wow, we really feel disconnected from each other. So the best way to make sure that that doesn't happen is to prioritize your relationship. I... 
Yeah. Even I, if you've got kids. Yeah. I love that so much. Uh, I, cause I do, I think that probably if I were to rank my own list, uh, and I've put all this pressure on you, but if I were to rank my own list, I think I would put that number one. Yeah. Because I think you're right. That is probably the biggest thing that we let go is we, we de-emphasize it and we talk about it so much in all these other podcasts about how we take our spouse for granted and all these other things that we would never do to any other people in our lives um, where we are supposed to have a productive relationship when you think of like a work environment. You would never do the deprioritize your boss's needs or demands, you know, but we do it all the time in marriage. Well, uh, you know, part of that, Steve, is because we're so comfortable. And, you know, we know that the person loves us, so we sort of figure like, okay, they'll wait, they'll wait. You know, we've got the, the kids needing their homework help with, and we've got parents who are getting sick, and we, we certainly have to attend to that. And we've got the boss breathing down our neck saying we've got a deadline. So we keep putting our relationship on the back burner. And as I say in one of my books, that, you know, you put your relationship on a back burner too often, there's no relationship to come back to. Yeah. So... You know, you, you've got to make it a priority. And one of the things which you can do, which is sort of, you know, fun to do also is is date night. And so then you have couples who say, well, we can't get out. We've got kids. You know, um, we can't get a babysitter. Or it costs a lot to get babysitting. You don't need to go out. You don't need to make it expensive. Mm -hmm. You just need to find 15 minutes that is time for the two of you. The trick is that you make it about the two of you. You don't stay with each other for 15 minutes and talk about the kids and the bills and everything else. Yeah. You make it fun about the two of you for 15 minutes. It, that it, it, You know, it's so funny. So my wife and I do not have kids. And when I tell people that we do these secret date nights and things, almost not all the time, but I get a, a lot where somebody like, Oh, you don't have kids? Of course. No wonder. And honestly, okay, so I get it. I don't have kids, so I do have that extra time, and I'm not saying that that doesn't play a role. But it's a total crap excuse that I hear from people when they tell that to me because the person who I got the secret date, I date night idea from is a person that I used to work with uh, who has three kids and her and her husband both worked full time and they had three kids. And that's the person who gave me the idea. Yeah. And it was because they prioritized their marriage. They made it a point. And by the way, it is good for the kids to see that that's you prioritize a relationship like that. And so I just hate it. I hate it when people tell me, oh, well, of course, because you don't have kids. I just want to say to them, well, like, well, I'm sorry that you don't think your spouse is worth that 30 minutes a week or month or whatever it is that you could carve out that amount of time for them. Exactly, exactly. And you took the words right out of my mouth about it's good for the kids. So let me just expand on that a little yeah. bit. You know, um, when you have couples that are so child-centric, in other words, everything is around the kids, then again, you lose your mate. So then eventually when they go off, it's like, who are you? And you don't feel that you have much in to see, oh, mommies and daddies are supposed to spend time with each other. And if you acclimate them to that on a regular basis early on, then they know this is mommy, daddy time. And, you know, they, they grow up with the concept that mommies and daddies are supposed to spend time with each other. So it is a very good role model. Yeah. I, I, I just love the prioritizing because it is something that is 100% in our own control. And 
when people don't think they can do it, um, then they're not going to do it. But if you force yourself to find that time, I guarantee you can find the time no matter how busy you think you are. Yeah. And so um, I'm really glad you put that up at the top. So give us another one. What what would be something else on the list here? So the next thing is that I think a lot of couples don't realize or think perhaps, oh, it'll never happen to me, is that you do fall out of love with your mate because love is, you know, it, it ebbs and flows. And I think that it's important that couples have the right expectation. You're not always going to be deeply, passionately, wildly in love with the person that you married like you were supposedly in the beginning. So uh, so, so uh, as a tip to make your marriage better, you're saying have the proper expectations of what that is? Well, that's the first part. Okay. okay. That's the first part. Have the proper expectations. But the other part is that in order to make sure that you don't drift too far apart, and you should, if you know me well, you know it's coming, (laughs) (laughs) you should be checking in with each other periodically. Ding, ding, ding. I had it. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, you know, whether it is once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, you just sort of for five minutes say, okay, how are we doing? You know, what's been going on that we like? And you say, oh, great, you you liked when I did so-and-so? And then you say, oh, you know, you feel like, wow, I was a real hero. That was really great. <laughs> or, you know, and then you move to not what's wrong, but what could we improve? Mm-hmm. And then that way what happens is you're just constantly, like, adjusting so that it doesn't become like, hmm, he forgot to do this. And now we didn't do that. And little by little, it starts to fester and it really starts to get under your skin. And people have a way of rewriting history so that when they're really starting to get annoyed at everything, they can look back and start to say, yeah, I really haven't been happy for the last five years. And, you know, again, start to find all the negativity even where there wasn't negativity. Mm. So if you do these regular check-ins with each other, and again, it it only will take a couple of minutes, it will allow you to um, praise yourself, and praise is good, Mm -hmm. um, and also readjust slightly if you need to tweak a little bit. You know, it's funny. So my wife and I, we sometimes do, I will say, formal Mm -hmm. check-ins, although we may not define them as that, but that's exactly what we do. But on a regular basis, I mean, we walk around all the time telling each other how awesome we are. Uh, and it, like if there was a camera on the wall in our place, people would just be like, oh my God, these two are so annoying because they just think they are so awesome for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do. And, and I got to be honest, it, it works. It helps. Uh, I love it. And yeah. we, we never feel like we don't know what the other person is going through or we don't know um, how they're feeling. Like I, I know exactly how my wife is feeling. Um, I would say 99% of the time. Um, and even if, excuse me, even if I don't perhaps understand completely why she may feel a certain way, I at least have gauged that it's different than what her norm is, uh, which prevents all sorts of things from, uh, creeping up down the road. Right. Right. So now based on what you just said, you actually segued me well into the next thing. Ooh, number three. All right. Hit us. 
Okay, so when you said that, you know, you and your wife talk about, oh, we're really, you know, we, we rock or we're really good at this. It's really, really important to be expressing appreciation and gratitude to each other. Now, number one, you did that in the beginning of your relationship, which is what really is part of what made things so magical in the beginning. You know, it mm-hmm. let the other person know that they mattered. It made you feel good because you felt like you mattered. But the other thing is, again, Think about when you're with somebody that you're not so comfortable with, you you take the time to be mindful, to be aware, and to say, oh, thank you very much for doing that. Oh, I really appreciate that. We get too comfortable with our mates. We get sloppy. And it's really important to let them know that you know they are noticed as well. So I'm going to tell a quick story now okay. about what happened with me and my husband. Many, many years ago, um, he walked into the bedroom and he said to me, I emptied the dishwasher. And I said, okay, yeah. And my thought was, big deal. So he emptied the dishwasher. I <laughs> dishwasher most days, you know, you know, what's the big deal with that? And then I thought about it and I said, you know, but he emptied the dishwasher. And why shouldn't I appreciate the fact that he did? It's one less chore that I have to do today. And so I started, to, you know, to notice when he did little things and thanked him. And guess what happened? He started to notice when I was doing things Mm -hmm. and thank me. So like when I cook dinner, he says, you know, thanks, you know, Karen, it was really a nice dinner. I really appreciate, you know, or sometimes even when the dinner's not that good, which is rare because I happen (laughs) to be a decent cook, but he'll say to me, you know, thanks for the dinner. And I'll say, well, it wasn't so good. He says, yeah, but you you made the effort for for cooking and you worked all day and you still cooked. And and that means a lot to me. So that makes me feel good. And it makes me feel like I want to do it again the next day. Mm -hmm. So being appreciative, showing gratitude to your mate, even though it may seem that it's over silly little things, is going to make your mate feel good. And it's going to make them feel like they want to do more of it. You know, one of the things uh, that we have talked about in the past that I just want to add on to this is it's okay to tell your spouse that that's what you want. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes we make it too difficult on ourselves. Like, well, they're supposed to know this. They're supposed to know that I want to hear that they're grateful for these things. But I can tell you, there's been instances where I've done things and I will, you know, walk up to my wife and just be like, excuse me, did you notice that I did blah, blah, blah? Uh-huh. You know, a little appreciation. And then like, oh, I'm I'm I definitely noticed. That made me so happy to see that. And then it it sticks in their mind, her mind a little bit more uh in the future when when I do things and vice versa. So <clears throat> excuse me, I'm having trouble with my throat today. Uh so she she's definitely more aware of it because I have given her those nudges that lets her know like I really do appreciate when you comment on these things and uh, I want to be recognized for some of this stuff, you know, not maybe all the time, but if I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm lacking something here or there, you know, just a little, just a little nudge usually helps. Well, there's two things you said, Steve, that really um, I want to expand on even more. Number one, I think many of us make the mistake of, well, if you love me, you would know what I'm thinking or what I want, which is setting ourselves up. And that's not fair. Um, I really believe that if I ask my mate for what I need and he comes through, that counts, you know, because I've expressed it and he thinks to himself, okay, let me try to respond to that. That counts. The other thing is that if you have tried something and especially if it's different, 
when you say to Jess, you know, hey, you know, I, I did something different here, you're really saying to her, look, you know, you asked me to do such and such, and I made the effort. You know, I want you to know that I was really responding to something that you made a request for. So it's also saying to her at the same time, you mattered so much to me that I made the effort to listen to it and try to do it. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So so that's important as well. Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I, I want to put it out because I don't want to make myself sound like I'm some needy individual that needs praise all the time. Um, I just wanted to make the point that we make we like to make things harder on ourselves. And you, I think, drove home the point of how we regularly think that our spouse should automatically know that we love them or that we appreciate them. Uh, but we're human beings and it's not always that simple and we have feelings. And sometimes after six months and particularly marriage is this unique institution where you're together for decades. And so after some time goes by, it's, it's nice to hear those things again. It yes. doesn't matter if you've said them once. <laughs> 20 years ago people right. people like to hear that stuff and uh, as an ongoing uh level of appreciation just to keep and this is also part of that communication staying in tune with your partner um you know if you go too long without telling them that you appreciate them but somebody at their workplace tells them all the time how appreciative they are they might start looking at that other person like, oh, well, this person really appreciates me much more than my spouse does at home. And you don't yes. want to start going down that road, which is a yeah, completely point. different topic. Yes, good point. Good point. Okay. So I don't know in which order I want to put this, but and maybe okay. they should go together. But okay. number four, it's, it's really important that you be willing to let things go. Okay. Um, that especially if you've worked on things, I'm not saying things shouldn't be discussed and processed. I mean, I really believe in that if one of you is upset or both of you upset, it should be worked on, it should be discussed. But there comes a point also where you have to be willing to let things go and not harp on it and go over it and over it and over it. Um, there, there's times, there's a time and place to say, okay, you know, it's over, it's done with. Um, because it's just going to pull away from the relationship. It's just going to make it really, um, you know... A very negative kind of experience. So I want to put that with number five, which is that you want to have fun. And number five really has a couple of different little offshoots, which is um, you want to make sure to uh, do different things. Uh, we know that one of the quickest ways to kill a relationship is to have it be boring, have it become stale, doing the same things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, so we, you need to spice it up a little bit. You don't have to go hang gliding. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to hang from the chandeliers. But, you know, if you're the kind of people who your level of excitement is going out to restaurants, that's fine. Go to a different restaurant. You yeah, know, do yeah. something a little bit different. Um, and by the way, even even you don't you might not even have to go to a different restaurant. You could change the way that you get to the restaurant could add some excitement to it. Yeah, yeah. But just you know, just do something different so it's not like get up, do the same routine, go to sleep. Get yeah. up, do the same. You know, um, and and then of course in the fun area, you want to include some kind of sexuality, um, some kind of intimacy, and that can be a broad spectrum for a lot of people. 
Um, I did a very interesting radio interview with someone uh, a while back where we were talking about sexless marriages. And she made a very interesting point that I want to share. She said, sex can be different things to different people. And for some couples, it may be as minimum as affection and, you know, holding hands um, and that nature. It may not be what we typically consider, you know, uh, sex, where it's, mm -hmm. it's intercourse. And I was a little surprised to hear that. But she said, if the couple um, both agree on it and neither one are unhappy, but that is their level of physical comfort, as long as there's some kind of physicality, that would not mean that they are sexless. So, again, it's got to be something where they're both okay with it. But, but the point is that you want to have some kind of fun, some kind of physical closeness, um, and, and be enjoying each other. You know, so I think that's really important yeah. uh, for a couple. See, I, I mean, I, uh, I feel bad by saying this because the person that you're speaking about isn't here to defend themselves. But I would say that that sounds to me not necessarily as a sexless marriage, but it seems like there's you can maintain the intimacy of the marriage because I think there, it, I think you can define. Uh, sex i think most people would define sex as more than holding hands mm -hmm. um because if that were the case there's a lot of people having sex in second grade you know <laughs> what i mean uh, uh but but i think to your point though and to to that person's point that you were speaking with intimacy can be just as powerful and you can do things that maintains that intimacy um forever really yeah and yeah. that's important. I, th I think maybe that's a good clarification. Um, but but I think that there's got to be, you know, you want to make sure that there's intimacy in your relationship. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you might as well just be friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the, uh, I'm going to step back really quick here to number four, which was uh, ha be willing to let things go. I will say that probably one of the biggest things that my spouse and I have both learned uh, over the years that we've been together, even before we got married, is being able to let the small things go. Because there, it used to be where those tiny little things would bug us. Each both, both of us had, other, had our own individual things that would bug us. And at a certain point, and I don't know, maybe it's just maturity, uh, we just realized that, you know what? it is what it is. <laughs> I could let this drive me up a wall or I could make a change or I could ask them to make a change um, or I could just live with it. And once we both started letting go of all those tiny things, it's mm -hmm. just like the clouds parted and the skies became blue again. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's amazing how effective that can be. Yes. And I think that part of what helps a couple to do that is to look at the bigger picture, not to have a microscopic view, um, because, or what I would say is like, look at the whole of the person, mm -hmm. um, because do you want to just keep focusing on the one annoying trait or the one negative thing that happened and lose the larger picture of what this person brings to the relationship or what the relationship is about? And, you know, I know, obviously, you're married a lot, shorter period of time than I am. And it's interesting that my husband and I will, were just married 39 years this summer. And what we find is 
there are certain issues that we have that we've had throughout our marriage. The difference is that now we laugh about them um, because you know we've survived so much together and gone through so many different things. And what we realize is it really doesn't matter. You know, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Um, of course, you know, as is said about a lot of things, with age you have a certain wisdom, and so. I know that experience is really the best teacher, but since we're doing this podcast and you obviously have this knowledge, um, if you can learn to let go and realize to look at the larger picture, it really will make life so much easier. Um, you know, as the saying goes, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And you brought up the not looking at things as in a microscope and looking at the whole. And that just reminded me one last thing here before we shut this thing down. Uh, so my Jess, my wife, she like I, I don't ask for a lot, really, to be honest. And so whenever I ask for some type of favor, um, maybe it's an engagement to go to or something along those lines. She 99.9% of the time says yes. Mm-hmm. And she has literally told me the reason she does is because I don't ask for much. She, mm-hmm. even if it's something she, she really doesn't want to do, she'll just say like, you never ask for anything. So if you're asking for this, it's obviously important to you. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to do it. So she looks at the whole of the track record of uh, things that I ask for. And knowing that I don't really ask for much, she just doesn't, doesn't argue about it, even if it's not something she wants to do, because she realizes just off of the history of us being together, this must be something important that he really right. wants to do. I want to just add one more thing also. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sorry. That, no, it's perfect. What we know is that whatever we focus on grows. So we have a choice in life. We can focus on the positive or we can focus on the negative. And if you focus on the negative, you're going to see more negative. But if you can look at it, and then, as I said before, you know, sort of pull back, look at the whole, and start to see, okay, there were good times, or here are some of the things that my mate does that really are good, and switch your focus, that will allow you to let go a little bit more, and then again, start to feel better about your mate when things are feeling not so good. Mm-hmm. I I I so love the what you focus on grows. It's so true and it's so concise. I love it. I love it. Um, this was fun, Karen. Um, maybe maybe we'll do this again and add another five to this list. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go over the the five really quick here. It's prioritize your relationship, prioritize your marriage. Number two, set realistic expectations and check in regularly with your spouse. Number three, express appreciation and gratitude for your spouse and what they do for you and vice versa. Number four, be willing to let things go. And number five, for crying out loud, people, have fun in your marriage, which also includes intimacy slash sexuality. Uh, But remember, you married this person because you like them. So have fun together. Do fun things. I think that was it. Good job. (laughs) You do such a good job, Steve. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Karen. And you do too. And I appreciate all the wise things that you share with our listeners and all the stuff that I pick up from you as well. Um, But until next time, we're going to leave them with that. So until next time, that is going to do it for us. So uh, thank you, 
once again, Karen, I, I, I love our talks, and I can't wait to do this again soon. Okay, Steve. Uh, but before we go, I'm going to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. She has her own radio show called Empowered Relationships on the Sex Talk Radio Network. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. She has a program out for couples looking to turn a corner. It is called From Fight to Foreplay, and you can get more information on that at fromfighttoforeplay.com. You can follow uh, Karen on the social platforms. You can find her articles and past podcasts on our website, hitchedmag.com. If you have something to add to this list, what do you think is most important? We would love to hear what you think is most important to a successful relationship the one thing a couple can do to make their marriage better shoot us an email drop us a note on uh, facebook or google plus or twitter or something we are on all of those and you can find the contact links for that stuff on our website hitchmag.com and um i mentioned this in the last episode that went up that uh, at least i hope i did um if you we have a new rule around these parts if you have listened to five episodes of this podcast we are now demanding you to give us a ranking on Stitcher or iTunes or something to help other people know that you listen to this podcast. You know, we want the rankings to be honest. We're not pandering for some glowing review, although we will take it. But, you know, we think it's a way of you paying it forward for all this fantastic information that Karen gives us week in and week out. So if you would be so kind to do that, we greatly greatly appreciate it and it just helps spread all this positive information to other people in relationships and who knows you might help save somebody's relationship and isn't that help you sleep better at night it does for me that is going to do it for us this week karen one last time thank you so much and i look forward to doing this again soon okay take care steve all right you too all right that's going to do it take care everybody 